Good evening, good evening, everyone. How are we? Good, good, good. Welcome to Dawsonville, Georgia, North Georgia Revival. We're so glad to have you with us tonight. If you're from out of town, will you just give yourself a hand? Yes. Yes, one thing that we love to do and that um, we feel uh, the right thing to do as a staff is we're going to start the service. We're going to read the word. We're going to have a friend come out, read the word for us tonight. And uh, we close the doors just so we can take this time and be reverent with it. So if you'll stand to your feet, um, and if you have any other distractions, cell phones, uh, give your conversations a pause for just a moment. And we're just going to read the word. So if you will um, give it up for Dr. Ken Griffiths from Christ Culture Center. When you come into the house of the Lord, you got to establish yourself on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ's word. Amen. In Luke, we have a story of the widow of Nain, chapter 7. Now it happened the day after that, he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. How many are ready for your do not weep moment tonight? Then he came and he touched the open coffin. I love this. And those who carried him stood still and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. <laughs> How many are ready to rise tonight at the voice of the Lord? So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. I don't know about you. I don't know what he said, but I believe worship was the first thing out of his mouth. So when you get ready to worship tonight, and they raise it up here in this place. You need to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords and tell those dead things they're dead and we're alive in Christ. So here's what happened. Fear. Well, he presented this boy to his mom. Then fear came upon all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went out through all Judea and all the surrounding region. Get ready for a report to come out of this place tonight. Oh, come on, give him your best tonight. Come on. Father, we worship you. We want to invite you tonight. We want to invite you tonight to come down to the front, to get out from behind. You see, this is a family place. You're not going to lose your seat. You can go right back when we complete worship. And so if you're comfortable, come on down to the front. Let's worship him tonight. Amen. Amen.
Take us closer, take us closer. God, you're faithful, you're faithful. Yes, you're faithful, always faithful. 
But he's faithful to the end. He's faithful Hallelujah. to my heart. He's faithful to the end. Now listen. He will come and marry me. He's faithful to the end. He's faithful to my heart. He's faithful to the end. He will come and marry me. He will come riding on the cloud with justice in his heart, a sword upon his side. And all will see the glory of this man with fire in his eyes. He's jealous for his bride. He's faithful to the end. He's faithful to my heart. He's faithful to the end. He will come and marry me. He's faithful to the end. He's faithful to my heart. He's faithful to the end. He will come and marry Now listen. And he will come riding on the clouds with justice in his heart, a sword upon his side. And all will see the glory of this man with fire in his eyes. He's jealous for his bride. He's faithful to the end. He's faithful to my heart. He's faithful to the end. He will come and marry me. Oh, he's faithful to the end. He's faithful to my heart. He's faithful to the end. He will come and marry me.
lift your voice tonight, we sing, we sing, Holy, we give honor to you. to the end through everything I'll see you through the end cause he's faithful always faithful always faithful somebody tonight needs to hear that he is faithful to you because you feel like he's given up on what you think is going on he's faithful and he will see you through and he will see it from now until it's over and furthermore and he won't just fix your problem he won't just restore you but he'll give you a new you and he will make it better God forgive us for putting you in a box and thinking you can't do far exceedingly above anything that we could think or ask for If you need him to see you through something right now, would you just raise your hand? If you need him to see you through anything, myself included, I just want to sing over you what I feel like he wants you to hear. I've always been there. Right by your side You're the apple of my eye I am yours I've always been there All around you All around you Open your eyes Open your eyes
delight in the offering. You have the heavens to call your home, but you abide in the songs. Ten thousand angels surround your throne to bring you praise that will
The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this sing out. Sing the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. And not for a minute was I forsaken.
Just stay right where you are in worship and adoration to Him. The Lord is in this place tonight. He inhabits this praise. He delights in our worship. Turn the lights back down just for another minute or two. We're going to sing this to him one more time from the bottom of our heart. In sweet adoration to the king. Everything that you have. Let that be your proclamation. Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. One more time, let's sing it to him right here. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. Lord is in this place. Come, 
just feel like we need to begin to praise Him in our spirit language right now, in your prayer language. Just begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, hundreds of us tonight singing unto the Lord by the Spirit. Come on, lift those hands and those voices. Come on, begin to pray and to worship in your spirit language today. Praise Him with understanding and praise Him in your prayer language right now. Just begin to praise Him. Father, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. All across the southeast, we gathered here tonight, Lord Jesus, from every denomination and movement. And Lord, that matters not to you, but we're hungry. We are thirsty. We are thirsty for you, Lord. All of our titles, everything that we walked into this room with, all of that baggage we lay it down to see your face to pursue you father we are a desperate generation we are a hungry generation lord god we're tired of religion lord we're tired of empty sermons empty worship sets empty churches and god we crave your presence we crave your presence Lord, we don't need to be entertained, but we need an encounter tonight. God, we need to encounter you tonight, oh God. Oh Lord, I'm hungry and I'm desperate. Oh Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. I told our team before we came out tonight, I said, it's going to be crazy. On Wednesday here at our church, staff gathered together and God visited us in the sanctuary he moved and we knew at that very moment tonight was going to be literally crazy in the Holy Ghost and, and I don't mean that to be anything squirrely or, 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 or crazy in the sense of what you think crazy is I'm talking about we're going to have Holy Ghost encounters tonight people are going to be radically saved tonight delivered healed set free hope is going to come back to your life We've got some dry bones in the house and you're about to get saturated with the presence of God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where is faith? Where's faith, Lingerfield? Where's faith? Come quickly, faith. I want you just to, everybody pay attention to this testimony. This is Faith Lingerfield. We love her. Thank God for her. Her parents are, are Jamie and Angela. Just love what God's done in your life. Um, Last Sunday, you came here and got dramatically touched by the Lord. Tell us a little bit about what God did in your life. Well, I um, that day I had really been just, I've come several times, and I'd really been struggling in my body. And 
Um, it got to the point where the doctors didn't know what it was, and I was struggling with severe depression to the point where I didn't want to get out of bed, and anxiety, and all kinds of things that just skimmed the surface. And so that day, like, I'd been four or five times. The day I felt like the Lord told me to get baptized. So when he called, I ran up there because I was like, I'm going to get free. <laughs> Come on. Touch somebody and say, you need to run. My God in heaven. Where were you sitting? Um, I was sitting over there. And so I run. I'm one of the first people in line because I really ran because I wanted to get free. <laughs> and so I go back there and I change and do all the things that you're supposed to do. And I get back to the entry and I start to feel something and I haven't felt things like motivation or joy or anything in a long time and I started to feel something and I was like God if you don't do something I'm I'm not gonna make it and so I I go and and Pastor Marty you know he says that the God that I tell everyone about that is he's gonna encounter me and so I started to get touched and when I went under I didn't come out and I don't mean that I just didn't come out I mean, I literally didn't come out because I was out in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I don't understand. I don't understand a lot of times, you know, what God does in that water. But all I know, Faith, is that in January, the Lord spoke to my heart and he gave me a vision of that water. And he said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit fire. And I saw a strip of fire on top of the water, two and a half to three feet wide. And he said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people in Holy Spirit fire. So when you went into that water and you went under, you said you didn't come out. I mean, you're just explain that just quickly. I, I mean, like a new person came out, but I also mean I was under an anesthetic almost. It was like I did not come out and I couldn't move my limbs. I couldn't open my eyes. And I felt the most peace I have ever felt. It was of another world. And I started to have a vision about Jesus. And I met Jesus in this vision. And he's talking to me about my worth. And he's healing things in my heart. And pain and trauma was leaving. And things in my body were leaving. And I haven't been depressed since. And I've come on. Come on now. Hold on. I haven't been depressed since. You've not been depressed since? Nope, not once. I haven't been depressed since. Or, and I've come back on some things I was taking for anxiety. Like I was taking four or five doses of it. And I wouldn't be able to, I was really being able to function on that. But I've taken some days only one. And I've been the best I have been in probably two years. My Lord. Come on, extend your right hand toward faith right now. Father, we thank you for a complete work. We thank you for a complete work. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you touch faith from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And Lord, she's just a representation of what is to follow tonight. Lord, this is no working of man. This is not a movement in a denomination. It is not a pastor. It's not a leader. It's not a speaker. Lord, you said that you would baptize them with the Holy Spirit fire. You would meet them in the water. You would touch them. Lord, that you would literally visit them and lay them out. However you want to do it, Lord, you're doing it. And you're getting all the glory and all the praise. Now, faith, lift your hands right here. Father, all the dosage of medicine, we call her clean and set free and completely anxiety free. Depression, you have to go and never to return a second time. Anxiety, we bind you in the name of Jesus. 
every physical calamity, uh, ailment in your body that has been caused by depression and anxiety, we also command it to bow and to leave and to exit in the name of Jesus right now, right now, right now. Father, touch her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Fullness of the Holy Ghost. Fire! Now, Jesus! Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. My God in heaven. Leanne, where's Leanne? Oh, you drove from Moody. Where are you, Leanne? I, 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 where are you? Are you sitting over here? Where's Leanne? I can't see. Where's Leanne? All the way from Moody, Alabama. Come here, Leanne, quickly. You weren't anticipating this, but come on up here. Y'all remember a couple weeks ago, Pastor Matt and Stevie Scott from uh, the Gathering Place, uh, a Methodist church in right outside of Birmingham, a place called Moody. Leanne, you drove over here from Birmingham today, but the Lord two years ago gave you a vision. What was that vision? I was underwater um, looking up, and there was fire. I wasn't drowning. I was just in peace, just submerged underwater, and there was just pretty orange and red flames all above the water above the water and so you drove over tonight for what purpose i have a husband who's dealing with addiction um i think i have a physical infirmity i have a lupus and i've just prayed for healing um and it's just not come okay tonight god's going to meet you leanne in that water did you come to get baptized I did. okay all right Pastor, why do you push baptism? I, that's just what he gave me. If he would have pushed kneeling at this bench, we would be pushing kneeling at the bench. He didn't give me a vision of the bench. He gave me a vision of the water. And we baptized almost 1,800, 1,700 to 1,800 people since February. And hundreds of people have been healed, touched, re-energized in their faith, loving Jesus, being set free from addictions. And all I know, people are getting in that water and loving Jesus more. And it's not about a physical manifestation. It's not about, it's not about anything. It's about an inner working in your heart that manifests through, God's going to heal you. I didn't mean to help her down. Okay. Y'all ready? I want you to stand back to your feet. We're going to take about a two to three minute break. Pastor Don Allen's going to come up and receive our offering. And then a great friend of mine, Pastor David Edmondson from Covenant Connections Church, is going to preach the word. And let me tell you what we're going to have. We have two altar calls. One here, come to the front. And the second one is to be baptized. To be baptized tonight. And Holy Spirit fire. A few weeks ago, there were people waiting four hours and 45 minutes to be baptized. And the Lord touched them at 1230 at night the same way he did at 830. We're here to serve you all night. Come desperate. Come hungry. Who's here from out of state tonight? Who's here from out of state? Anybody from out of state? Anybody? God bless you all over the place. God bless you. Very quickly, we got Alabama over here with Leanne, her daughter, and her friend. Someone right over here. Where are you guys from? Tennessee, what part? Are y'all from Fairview? Okay, Fairview Baptist Church right there. <laughs> How's CH? Is he doing all right? Pastor CH doing all right? 
All right, he got whacked in the water. Over here, somebody from here, where? Where, somebody from over here from out of state? Oh, right here. North Carolina, what part? Bur Bur uh, Burlington, praise God. Your church is never going to be the same. I'm going to call it Burnington. It's going to be on fire. I'll go to Burnington. Right over here, yes? You were at a truck stop in Dallas, Texas. Where was she heading, Rhonda? What did she say, Rhonda? Speak loudly. Led by the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad that Dawsonville, Georgia is on the Lord's radar? Speaking to people in Dallas, Texas to come. Over here. Who else? Is that it? I don't want to miss anybody. Oh, right here in the very back. Wow, South Carolina. Love it. That's a beautiful place. Thank you guys for coming. Um, greet about uh, your neighbor, about five people. Take the next minute and a half. And then Pastor Don Allen is going to come up and receive our offering. God bless you. You stay right there, Faith.
Well, we're glad that you're here tonight. Come on, let's find our, our seats. I see some folks from all over, many different churches, some from our church family and other church families. And here's what I found through the revival. It's not that we're different church families. We're one church family. Come on, amen. We're gathered in the presence of God. Amen. Lives are being changed. Good reports. This young lady said a word that I've heard several times in the revival. Anesthesia. Now, in case you don't understand what that is, if you've never had surgery, if you've had surgery, you appreciate anesthesia. Come on, amen. Because what that means in the Greek, medical words come from Greek, is an means without, anesthesia, sensation. And, and I, the minute she said that word, it leapt in my spirit. And I said to Marty, we need to, we need to know what that means. It leapt in my spirit. Because what's happening in that, what I feel the Holy Ghost, as I'm about to say to you, is that the anesthesia of the Holy Spirit is not that you're not feeling God, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's getting between people and their pain. Come on now. He's getting between that so that they can be healed. And I believe God's brought you here tonight for a miracle from God. We're going to have a great word in just a moment. I'm so excited about what God's going to do. And I don't believe this young lady's going to be the only one like this tonight. Amen. I pray, I just pray anesthesia come on this house in Jesus' name. That delivering power of the Holy Spirit. God is so good and he is so faithful. Well, tonight we're going to receive an offering. And every week, you know, I've heard Pastor Todd share about the needs of the house. When you are filling up that tank over and over again, it costs money. About $1,200 a month, I think where we are about $1,200 a month when you buy hundreds of pairs of underwear every week come on now it costs money we don't want you to give those back come on amen but it costs money and I'm thankful now when I'm coming for an offering I'm not talking about coming for something we haven't been a part of you know God has moved and blessed through this revival we were able to sow from our ministry actually during a time of lack a time that we is our most challenging about six weeks of the year for our ministries and 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 i said our staff looked at me because i had given out several things we were going to do and one of the things was bless the pastors during the revival conference and so i didn't even think about it i was driving over here tonight and i realized that the um, the amount which wasn't a huge amount but the amount that we were able to sow some people sowed into it with us but the amount that we were able to sow into the pastor's conference that last week that we received a special not a normal but a special offering that was 10 times that amount of what we'd sowed come on now amen how I many you know god's faithful amen now i got even more excited about that because I remember the last time that I was here, I was sitting right here, I was getting ready for the service and Pastor David was up here and receiving the offering and I don't know what he said, but it connected in the spirit. And I watched my wife open her wallet and dump it all out and I thought, it better be you, God. Come on now, amen. It better be you, God. And I got excited, I thought, praise God for a tenfold return, amen. You see, we're not saying that that's what's going to happen, but what we're saying is you need to honor God tonight. The ushers are going to come in just a moment. We're going to pray, and we want you to honor God. You see, that's what opens the heavenlies, when you're willing to honor God. How many remember that story in the Bible of, of Elijah when he, he
he's, he's on the mountain of, of, of Carmel there, which is out in the wilderness, and, and he's on that mountain, and, and all of a sudden, the, the, the Baal prophets have had all day, and it's his turn to, to invoke the power of God to fall on the sacrifice. Does anybody remember what he does after he rebuilds the altar, lays out the offering, and everybody's ready for him to start? And he says, no, we need to do one more thing. Anybody remember what that was? Pour some water on it. My whole life, I've heard churches preach that they poured the water on the offering so that it would raise the stakes to show how great God is. And as some of you know me, you're like, I'm not going to say amen to that. Why? Because that's 100% wrong. God's not looking for you to challenge him in this. I know the Bible says in your tithing, you challenge him and you try him now in this. But in an offering, he's looking for you to go before him. Because what happened was the very first verse of that chapter says that it was in the year of the third year of a drought. When you're out in the middle of the desert, I've been to that desert. Do you know what is valuable in that desert? Water. Do you know what is really more valuable in the third year of a, of a drought? Water. So what did he say? He said, bring your most precious gift and put it on the altar. And when you put it on the altar, watch this now. I feel God connecting in this. When you put it on the altar, somebody came in here needing a miracle tonight. Amen. And when you put it on the altar, then God was able to prepare to move. Ushers, I want you to come to place. God's speaking to somebody. I'm not speaking from somewhere that I haven't been. I watched as, as we gave. As we gave, and I thought, that's our grocery money. Come on, amen. But how many of you know I could stand to fast a little while? Amen. But you know what? God's faithful. You obey God. Don't feel pressured. We're glad that you're here. But we want you to obey God. Father God, I thank you for your grace and your goodness and your anointing. Lord, I thank you that you have brought us to this place. And I don't know who it is, but there are people connecting with what I just said because they need you to move for them. And Lord, as you spoke to my wife and to my family, Lord, I pray that you're going to speak to their hearts now. And Lord, all the needs of this revival are going to be met and it's going to be above and beyond because people are going to be obedient to you. Father, we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your power tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Go ahead, if you would, begin to receive that offering tonight. It is my distinct honor to introduce to you tonight a man of God. You know, there's a church off of Kelly Mill Road that this man pastors. A lot of people don't know the story of how that church got started. Dr. Griffiths pastors this church, and, and how that church got started, there was a little woman who was preaching the gospel, and she walked over, and she reached inside of a, of a furnace and pulled out the fire and walked around the building with a fire in her hands. Her name was May Terry. And May Terry walked around the building with a fire in her hands and the wealthiest people in town were there and they literally said the gospel that she preaches is the gospel of the God of Israel, the, God of, the gospel of the Bible. And they said because she was a fire bearer that they were going to give the property that they built the first spirit-filled church in Forsyth County on because somebody was a fire bearer. When I think about Pastor David Edmondson, I don't think about somebody who's quiet and, and well-behaved. I think about a fire bearer, someone who has come to preach the God of the Bible. And so tonight, I want you to help me make welcome to this stage a fire bearer who comes with a mighty message, Pastor David Edmondson.
Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Isn't he wonderful? Hallelujah. Before you see it, give somebody a high five. Tell them they look good. Amen. Tell them they look better than the last time you saw them. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You say, well, you just going to preach right around her? Absolutely. I was there when this girl was born. Not born again, but when she was born, uh, her parents were on our staff in at the Rock of Dahlonega years ago. And... Um, I made the mistake one time, see when Faith was a little baby, she had, she didn't have like hair, she had like fuzz on her head. And Noah, my son, they're about the same age, and so Noah had a big head. It took him a little while to grow into his head. Now he's 6'2", and so he's grown into his head, but I made the mistake before church one morning, I walked up and her her mother, Angela, was holding her. And I walked up, I said, hey, fuzzy head. Angela got so mad at me. She said, what if I called your son big head? I said, well, I'd laugh because he's got a big head. I said, you need to go pray in the spirit or something. Amen. But God's good. So, so God's good. Amen. We're just going gonna to preach right around her. Somebody say glory. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. He's good. I want to thank Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen for allowing me to come. I'll go ahead and thank Pastor Karen. She's probably the one that got me back here. Amen. Uh, but thank y'all so much for honoring the Lord and, and, and having this revival. I don't want to speak to you very long tonight, but I want to, uh, I, I know that, I know that, uh, I know that people are ready to get in that water. Something's going to happen in that water tonight. Amen. Something's going to happen. So if you're watching by live stream and you're at home, you've got plenty of time to get here, but hurry. Don't wait. Don't miss your moment. Amen. Tonight is your night. Don't let anything stop you. The reason that we read about people having encounters with God in the Bible is because they didn't miss their moment. They did whatever they had to do. They pressed through the crowd. They, they went beyond legalism. They went beyond law. And they said, I've got to touch the hem of his garment. I've got to do something. I've got to change my position to change my condition. And you're watching by live church. You're watching by live stream right now. I don't know what camera you got me on, but point to it because I'm going to look at it and prophesy right now. Get out of your seat. Get out of your chair. Leave that restaurant, whatever you're doing. Get to this place and God will change your life. God will break addictions off your life. God will free you. Drug addict, God will free you. Alcoholic, God will free you. Church hurt people, God will touch you tonight. If you'll be obedient, God will change your life. Get out of wherever you're at and get to Dawsonville, Georgia. What is the address? One, three, something, nine, something. Hallelujah! My God! <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel the fire. Amen. Pro Pastor Don prophesied it on me. Amen. Glory. Let me get to the Word of God real quick before I mess this all up. Amen. I, I want you to look for you. I want you to bring up a scripture, and then I'm going to go to another scripture. But go to, uh, I want you to see something in Luke chapter 16. 
Luke chapter 16, for you, we're going to bring it up on the screens, verse 14 through 16. Luke chapter 16, verses 14 through 16. Now just to set the context up for you, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is talking, and one of the things that he's talking about here is he's talking about money. He's talking about how if you have a little bit of unrighteousness in your heart, then your whole heart is unrighteous. He's talking about if you are faithful in little things, God will make you a rewarder of big things. He's dealing with the heart. See, I hear people say all the time, well, we're free from the law. We're not under the law. We're free from the law. But what you're not quoting the Scripture correctly because the Bible says the law of the Spirit has freed us from the law of sin and death. So I tell people all the time, we're not a lawless people. If you're waiting on me to preach, you're way behind. We're not a lawless people. The reason America is free is because we're a nation of laws. It's the laws that keep us free. What we've tried to do in the church is we've accepted a doctrine that we're free because we're not under any law. Well, we are under law. We're under the law of the Spirit. The law, Moses' law, the law of the flesh, dealt with the flesh, with carnality. But when you read about Jesus' words, He's giving us a law. We live under laws of principle. Jesus taught principle. Are you here? We're under the law of the Spirit. And Jesus said things like, if you, if, you, if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, then you've already committed that lust because it's in your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus always pointed back to the heart. Here he's dealing with the heart. And he's saying if you have a little bit of unrighteousness in you, then your whole life is unrighteous. And he specifically deals with wealth. And listen how the church people reacted. This is the Pharisees which is church people. Somebody say church people. Amen. It's like a curse word sometimes. Amen. Verse 14 says, Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money, don't you hate it when God touches something that you love? They were lovers of money. They were listening to all these things and were scoffing at him. Listen to what I'm telling you as I build a foundation. You're going to get free tonight. I was standing right there and the Holy Spirit said he wants to do to many, just like Pastor said, like he's doing to this girl right here. And I'm going to tell you what he's got to do first is he's got to free you from a false image. The reason you're not being healed, the reason you're not being set free is because you're living under a false image. I've come to destroy the image you've been living under. Oftentimes in the Word of God, when people had encounters with God, God would change their name. Why did He change their name? He changed the way they looked at themselves and what they called themselves. When you leave here tonight, you are going. the Bible says, He who the Son makes free is free indeed. You're going to be free tonight because God is going to change the way you look at yourself. Are you ready? Are you ready? Two people's ready. Are you ready? Watch this now. Watch this. They were laughing and scoffing at Him. And he said unto them, watch now, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men. But God knows your heart. 
For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. He said, you're living out your righteousness in front of men, but your heart is impure. He said, sometimes you can do the wrong thing with a pure heart and it be okay. Y'all don't want to say nothing. Do you see what he's saying to them? Watch this now, verse 16, watch. He says, the law and the prophets were prophesied until John, were proclaimed until John. Last time I spoke at the revival, I mentioned this scripture. I want you to listen to it. The law and the prophets were prophesied or proclaimed, everybody say, until John. Say, until John. He gives us an ending of something and the beginning of something else. God is all about the beginning and the ending. He gives us an ending to something to start anew. He says, the prophets and the law were over you, prophesying over you until John. But the moment John came, something else was ushered in. Does everybody got that? The moment John came, they asked John, who are you? Are you Elias? No. Are you the light? Are you the Messiah? No. He, they said, who are you? He said, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Messiah. He said, I'm a voice separating one dispensation from another dispensation. I'm a voice ushering in a new kingdom on earth. I'm not the light, but I'm speaking of the light. Are you here? Jesus said, all the law and the prophets proclaimed or prophesied until John. Since that time, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is forcing, or the King James says, pressing their way into it. Does everybody got that? So here we see all the law and the prophets prophesied till John. So to understand this, we've got to understand what did the law and the prophets prophesy? What did they speak? It's very simple. Everything that the prophets spoke, everything the law played out, spoke and pointed to one thing, and that was Jesus. You understand? Isaiah prophesied that there's a Messiah coming who will take away the sins of the world. Daniel prophesied that there's a kingdom coming whose builder and maker is God and talking about the coming of Jesus. Uh, even Psalms, all through the book of Psalms, it's prophesied about the, the coming Messiah. Jeremiah spoke about it. Isaiah spoke about it. Daniel spoke about it. Zechariah spoke about it. The law continuously Showed the coming of Jesus Christ. All the law pointed to a Messiah that was coming. You got it? Until John. What changed when John came on the scene? Look at John chapter 1 verse 29. Are you here? Say amen. John chapter 1 verse 29. It's always good to hear it from the horse's mouth. Amen. This is John writing himself. This is what he says. Are you ready? John chapter 1 verse 29. It says, The next day he saw Jesus coming to him 
And he says, now what did he say? Who he was when all the, when all the, they brought him before the Sanhedrin and they said, who are you? Are you Elias? No. Are you the Messiah? No. Are you, are you the, the prophet? No. Who are you? I'm a voice. So what that means is, my ministry is gonna, gonna be established through what I say. So if you want to know what the revelation is, listen to what I say. Now he's baptized and repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Where is it? We don't know yet, but it's here. Repent. It's here. Then all of a sudden in the middle of him baptizing, he stops and he looks and he says, Now behold the Lamb. Do you see it in the, do you see it in the Bible? First, uh, John chapter one, verse 29. Do you see it? Put it on the screens. You gonna put it on screens? Does it go on the screens? Everybody in the soundboat's looking at me like I'm gonna do something. I don't know what to do. Never mind. John one, verse 29 says this, and the next day, he, speaking of John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming unto him. And he says, now behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Now we see a transition of what Jesus was saying. Jesus said, all the prophets and the law spoke about a Messiah that's coming to free you from your sin. John steps on the scene and is baptizing the kingdom of heaven's here. It's here. It's at hand. And all of a sudden he says, now. When he says now, it's an end to one thing and a beginning to another. He says, now we don't look to the prophets and the law that's prophesying about a kingdom coming. Now, what do we do to have victory? Now, we behold the Lamb. Now, we behold the Lamb. Are you here? Now watch this. i got to show you this. From that point forward, there was no need to prophesy about a coming Messiah because now he's here on scene. So if you needed healing, you didn't have to go back and do the law. You came to Jesus. Are you here? If you needed to be free from something, you didn't go up under the law and the prophets. You came to Jesus. Has everybody got that? Chris, Mark, one of you guys grabbed my little lamb. I realized coming to the revival that everybody, no, I want you to get in, come up here. Everybody has illustrations. Big boxes and balloons flying up. I brought a lamb. Now, I want you to see this. Stand right here. Y'all got that on TV? It just looks funny, don't it? Watch this now. Watch this. On the day of atonement, I can't look at him. On the day of atonement, or any time that there was a request made for somebody to offer a sacrifice for their sin, what did the law say they had to do? The law said that they had to take a yearling lamb, 
a she-goat or a he-goat, a lamb that was of one year, that was without spot and without blemish, and they would bring the lamb and they would offer the lamb to the high priest. Are you here? When they would bring the lamb to the high priest, here's where the church, the modern day church, has the mix up. We think when we come to God that he examines us and he accepts us if we've had a good day or not. If we've had a good week, we have no problem worshiping God because we, we haven't done that thing that we said we would never do again. So surely he will accept me and accept my worship because I'm worthy. And so we come to God and we think he examines us. But under the law, the high priest never examined the man to see if he was worthy to be forgiven of sin. When the man would come to the high priest, the high priest never looked at the man. He wanted to examine one thing. Show me the lamb. Show me the lamb. And he wouldn't look at the man and say, "Uh, yeah, buddy, you look good. Six, three, sweat. Why are you sweating, Mark? Six, five, yep. He didn't examine the man because the man had nothing to do with the sacrifice. Oh, I... God never asked you to lay yourself on the altar. He's already laid himself on the altar. He's already... And so when they would come to the high priest... He didn't say, well, are you worthy? Do you look good? He would simply say, show me your lamb. And the high priest would examine the lamb. Is it a first year lamb? Is, does it have all of its teeth? Is it without spot? Is it without blemish? And if the lamb, if the lamb passed the inspection, the man was free to go. You're free to go. You're free to go. Are you here? Are you here? So John was saying, as he was baptizing under repentance, he was saying, we don't have to bring a lamb anymore to stand in for a sacrifice for our sin. From this day forward, when you come out of the water, behold the lamb. If you, let me tell you something. Here's what the Holy Spirit told me. There are people in this place that you've got in that water, you've come to this altar, and you've been free from addiction. Some of you nicotine, some of you alcoholism, some of you pornography, whatever it is, but you've been freed from addiction, and you're going back out to the same world, and people are still calling you by your addiction. They're waiting on you to mess up. They're waiting on you to relapse. They've seen you go six weeks without a cigarette, but they're waiting on that seventh week. They've seen you go three months without alcohol, but they're waiting on that fourth month, and they're classifying you by your past failure. I got one thing that you need to tell them from this point forward. Every time they bring up your addiction, say, don't look at my addiction.
addiction. If you want to know who I am, behold the lamb. If you want to know who I am, behold the lamb. John said it and I say it. Behold the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Give God some praise. God is not examining you. God is examining his son. And let me tell you something. If he examines his son, you are sanctified every time. When he examines his son, you are qualified every time. When he examines his son, you are justified every time. When he examines his son, you are loved every time. Righteous every time. Filled every time. Because God don't look at the man, God looks at the lamb. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. 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 I used to be a sinner, but now, behold the Lamb. I used to be a drug addict, but now, I used to cuss like a sailor, but now, I used to have look at pornography, but now, and when you look in the mirror, and you just got off the computer, I'm going to deal with your religion now. I come from a religious spirit again. You can't handle this. And you get off that computer, the first thing that's going to happen is your heart's going to condemn you. And then the enemy's going to jump on you and say, I told you there wasn't nothing in that water. I told you there wasn't nothing about that revival. I told you you would fall. The moment you get off that computer and you look yourself in the mirror and all hell's going to come against you and say you're worthless and you're nothing, you got one sentence to say that'll proclaim your victory. Look yourself in the eye and say you're not that. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Somebody say amen. Now I want to tell you a few things and I'm going to get out of your hair. You ready? You are who you are because of the Lamb. Not because anything you can do. Nothing you can do can qualify you more than you already are. The moment Jesus said it is finished and he sat down, every sin you ever commit is put under the blood of Jesus Christ. Every fault you have is hidden in the Lamb. And when you come before a holy God, he doesn't examine you. He looks for the blood. And if he finds the blood, you stand before him righteous. I know religious people don't like it. The Pharisees didn't like it either. They mock Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm going to tell you some things that, 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 that the word of God says about you. Can I do that? Do you want to hear it? Number one, love has qualified you. I said love has qualified you. We would put it on the screen, but I don't know if we can. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. No, it's not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live by faith, I live it by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and
and gave himself for me. You think he loved you when you got saved. He loved you 2,000 years ago. Hanging on a cross, he became the lamb that was slain for you. Even while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Love has qualified you. Number two, the name of Jesus has justified you. Point your finger at yourself and I say, I am justified. That was weak and sissy. Stand to your feet. Point your finger at yourself. Don't hurt yourself, but I want you to feel it. Say, I am justified. I am justified. Hallelujah. I like that. Be seated. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says this, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. What justifies you? The Lamb of God justifies you. My God, I feel like I'm preaching at a dead Methodist church. Am I, am I in Christ fellowship or what? Are you glad to be justified or what? Number three, your faith in Jesus has freed you from any condemnation. I wish you felt what I felt. Hallelujah. John 3, 16 and 17 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be No condemnation. Well, I fail. Well, get up and get. Come here, Mark. Hurry. Come here. Hold this lamb. I, I feel the Lord. I, I, I mean, I don't. Maybe it's just for people like me who often fall. When's the last time you heard a preacher say that? We usually get up here and tell you our resume and how good we are and show you our Superman cape. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't have one. I've never found that phone booth that Wonder Woman changed in. I mean, I never found I looked for it. Let me tell you something. This is what happens. When you get off and you make mistakes and you fail, let me show you what happens. The moment you turn your heart to God, you are no longer seen. Do y'all see that over there? You can't see me. Let me tell you what I heard in the Spirit sitting right down there. And you ain't going to like it, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. God said, tell him I'm a bully. That stinking preacher. I knew we shouldn't have come. He's a liar. Read your Bible. I'm not talking about God was a bully in a bad way. He didn't pick on the innocent. But you mess with his kid. He'll strike your tail with hemorrhoids. Come on now. Y'all fake. Y'all are 
telling you, God will strike your enemy with hemorrhoids. Amen. You don't know. You don't know. Gideon didn't have near the army to, to defeat his enemy, and God said lie to him. Y'all don't know your Bible. He said, go tell them that the sword of Gideon is with you and make these lights and break stuff and bang stuff. He said, act bigger than you really are. He said, act like something you're really not. Y'all need to go to Kino. Kikio. Kaneo. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I miss that all up. Amen. Y'all need to get in there so you can learn to pronounce it. Hallelujah. Don't have no power if you don't say it right. Kaneo. Glory to God. Got to get in it. Learn your Bible. God will fight in a minute. Read your Bible. It's like God was standing up in heaven saying, Mess with my people. I tear you up. I tear, get them. And here we walk around like a bunch of wimps. Ooh, we got to love everybody. And you let everybody walk all over you like you're a dog. Let me tell you something about humility. Humility is not you bringing yourself low. Humility is bringing others high. False humility is you condemning yourself and putting yourself down and putting your talents and your abilities down. That's false humility. Real humility is standing tall and lifting others up above you. I told my church, I said, real humility is found in Jesus. Jesus could be humble and never got off the donkey. What does that mean? Remember when he came through the city and they took down palm branches and started waving it before him, took their coats off. Y'all remember that? Laid it down on the ground and let a, dog, a donkey walk on it. You know what they were doing? They were celebrating a victorious soldier. That's what they did when the soldiers would come back from the war and they won the battle. They'd throw their clothes down and they would cut down palm branches and wave it. Jesus hadn't even went to the cross yet. But by faith they knew he's already won the war. I'm about done. I'm about done. But watch this. Isaiah said he'll be meek and lowly riding upon the ass and the colt of an ass. Humility is, is, is being able to ride the donkey and still be meek and lowly. Never giving up your position in God. You ain't got to get off the donkey to be humble. You don't have to cut yourself down to lift others up. Humility is standing there with your shoulders back, thanking God for who you are, thanking God for what you've come through, thanking God that you should have been dead, but by the grace of God, He kept you. Put your shoulders back and your head up and lift other people up. Lift other people up. But when you fall and you made a mess of your day, the moment you turn your heart to God, nothing can see you. Now if they're going to look at you, they got to see you through the Lamb. Y'all see that? 
Everywhere I go. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Every once in a while you get cocky and you draw the line. What you want? That's what you do with the devil. Why say amen? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Don't come back. Don't come. What? 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 You know if it wasn't for the blood, you'd be lost. Somebody say amen. Let me get done with this. Watch this. Your hope is found, is founded on God's plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have to, for you, says the Lord. Plans of welfare and not for evil to give you a hope and a future. God condemns me. God hates me. God's mad at me. That is a lie from hell. Get your lamb. I want everyone, when you leave, go to Dollar General. I'm sure that's where we got this from. If Big Mark can carry this thing around, if I can carry it around, go get you a lamb. Amen. And every time condemnation comes upon you, every time you feel condemned, say, talk to the lamb. Somebody say amen. Watch this now. The price of your life has freed you from any debt to sin. Let me say that again. That went... Whoosh. The price for your life has freed you from any debt. You don't owe sin anything. Let me tell you something. If you're living in your past, you're a thief and a robber because God has already paid the price for your past. I'm going to say it again. If you're living in your past, you're a thief and a robber because the blood of Jesus has already purchased your past. My God, I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. You ready? Watch this. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought with the price, so glorify God in your body. Point your finger at yourself, say, I'm bought with a price. What God calls you frees you from what anyone else calls you. My God, this is... I pat my own back. Hallelujah. I amen myself. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Y'all remember last time I preached, I wanted to know one thing, who's your daddy? Y'all remember that? Y'all done forgot it. See, that's why, you, that's, why, that's why it ain't good. Watch this. What God has crowned you with has freed you from what the world has labeled you with. Are you here? Hebrews 2, 6 and 7 says this. What is mankind that you are mindful of them and the son of man that you care for him? You have made them a little lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor. When you look in the mirror, you should see two things on your head. Glory and honor. Two more and I'm going to get out of your hair. I done preached you tired. Ready? God's need for you frees you from others' requirements of you. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. 
We are ambassadors of Christ as God is pleading through us. Isn't that wonderful? And lastly, you are worthy because your lamb is worthy. Let me say that. Let me give that to this side. You are worthy. Y'all getting it right there? You're worthy because your lamb is worthy. Revelation said they looked and beheld the lamb of God and said, Worthy! Worthy is the lamb that was slain. I, I got to sing this little song. Because this is a epic. Keep it in your head and you're going to sing it with me. You ready? You're going to know it. You ready? This is what I want you to remember. Every time the enemy comes at you in condemnation, rejection, all this stuff comes at you. You're going to remember this. You ready? This is the song you're going to sing to yourself. You ready? Baby lamb, do, 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 do. Baby lamb, do, do. Come on, come. Ready? We're going to try it again. Baby lamb, do, 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 do. Okay, y'all got it. Y'all are the church people. You're the religious people. Ready? Baby lamb, do, 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 do. Baby lamb. And just smile. Baby lamb, do, 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 do. Baby lamb. Baby. Come on. Lamb, do, 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 do. Baby lamb. If you don't think I'm anointed... You try to get a congregation of 600 people to sing baby lamb. Do, 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 do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm done preaching. But the reason I want you to sing that song, I can't say this here. But if I was up with Covenant Connections Church, i tell you what I told them. God is the God of your do, 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 do. So every time the enemy tries to, tries to bring up your doo-doo, you just smile and say, Baby lamb, doo-doo-doo-doo. Come on, baby lamb, doo-doo-doo-doo. Stand to your feet. Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, baby lamb. Sing it. Baby lamb, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Baby lamb, doo. I don't know what key I'm in, but find it. Baby lamb, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Baby lamb. Don't it make you feel good? Water yourself on up here. We'll wait. Now! Behold the Lamb. I don't care who I used to be, that man's dead. If you want to talk about David Edmondson, you got one conversation. David's lamb, do, 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 do. David's lamb. Y'all got it. Somebody's getting free. Do y'all got it? You don't see me. There's a lamb covering me. 
I'm spotless through Christ Jesus. I'm worthy. I'm justified. I'm sanctified. Qualified. I'm labeled. I'm carrying glory and honor. You are not defeated. You are not defeated. Yeah, but you don't know what I deal with. It doesn't matter what you deal with. He already dealt with it. You got it? Now I want to do something, Pastor. I'm about to open these altars for you to get to get baptized. But just hold on just a second. Pastor Karen, I need you to do something for me. We didn't rehearse this or anything like that. I didn't even tell her. But before I left the house, I saw that I saw this in my spirit. And I told the Lord, I said, God, if you want this to happen, you remind me. And I, I even as, I, as I've been preaching, I've just couldn't get it out of my, my mind. If you don't mind, would you come stand? Just stand right here. Step, I want you to come and, and stand. Turn. You're going to pray for people. You stand in front of her and face her. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to do this real quick because I, I know we got people to baptize. You're a female minister, which means you're a female you're the wife of a pastor, youth pastor, worship pastor, or you're in ministry with your husband, or you are a minister, you're a female. Holy Spirit said to have Pastor Karen pray for you. told our church this morning I said ladies control the atmosphere of your home men control the direction of your home ladies control the atmosphere God wants to change the atmosphere of your home yeah go ahead and come you're you're, you're, you're female pastor minister the wife of a pastor minister I want you to come Pastor Karen, I want you to pray for Stephanie first. And you say, well, that's kind of selfish. Well, I got the microphone. Hallelujah, I'm going to do it the way I want to. My pastor's here. My spiritual daddy's here. If I do it wrong, he can correct me. But my wife is first. Because that's what I saw. Let me tell you something. My God, look at all these ladies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to look at me. Every lady in here, I want you to to make eye contact with me. You will leave this place different. You got me? Step, you got me? Miss Paula? You got me? You just got married to last Sunday, didn't she? Amen. I saw it. I keep up with y'all. All the years of frustration. Some, Most of you in here, if not all of you, most of you, when you hear the word ministry, you go. 
That's his ministry. Because of rejection and because of pain and because of lying people. And they've attacked your character and you've never measured up because some of you talk too much and some of you don't talk enough and some of you do this too much and some of you don't do it enough. Let me tell you something. You're never going to measure up to these people. I'm not saying these people, but I'm saying people. You got what I'm saying? You're never going to measure up. But let me tell you something. When you walk in your ministries from this day forward, you're going to be protected by the Lamb of God. And you're going to quit trying to be who they want you to be. And you're going to realize you're already qualified. If they want to touch you, they got to come through the Lamb. That's your attitude. You got to say, You want some of this? Behold the Lamb. Your fight's with Him, not with me. You're going to leave that junk at this altar. This woman of God's going to pray for you. And this may take a little while, and we're going to go ahead and start baptizing. But let me tell you something. This is by the Holy Ghost. I mean, I thought like six or eight people would come, but let, let, let me tell you something, pastors. And, and y'all know, let me tell you something, people. It's hard to be a minister, but it is a lot harder to do ministry alone. Women, my God, we need you. We need you. And we don't need you frail and fragile. And we don't need half of you or a portion of you. We need all of you. You hear what I'm saying, ladies? Tonight, you're leaving it here. Hurt, pain, frustration, whatever it is, you're leaving it here. Got me? So, so when, in just a minute, Pastor Karen's going to start praying for you. She's going to start with Stephanie and then, and then go however she wants to do. Step, your life's never going to be the same. All that hurt, all that anger, all that stuff that people have done to you for 20-something years, you will not be dictated by that. You're, you're not going to be held to that anymore. You're going to be free. We've, you've heard it before, but Covenant Connections Church, we don't need you. We got to have you. Can I get amen? We got to have you. You're going to be free today. So here's what we're going to do. I know some of you may be here to get baptized, and that's okay. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna baptize you, but please let Pastor Karen pray for you, okay? Let her pray for you and then you can come. Father, we love you tonight. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that your spirit is in this place. I come against every spirit of, of condemnation, self-condemnation, self-hatred, self-rejection. I come against it in the name of Jesus. He who the Son makes free is free indeed. Just like faith is under the anesthesia of God, 
Ladies, the Spirit of God is going to fill you afresh and anew. My God, He's going to fill you. He's going to fill you. If you're getting baptized, you're going to need to walk around these ladies. Okay? Walk around these ladies. And you can go ahead and come up here to the, to the front and, and, and get with these guys. Pastor Karen's going to begin to pray. They're going to begin to sing. I want you to be very reverent of these ladies. Go ahead and come around. You're going to get baptized. Come on. Y'all go ahead and come up these, these steps here. Listen to me. You say, I, I want to be baptized, but I didn't come prepared. That's okay. We're prepared for you. We've got clothes for you. We got everything you need. Don't leave this place and miss your moment. Don't leave this place and miss your moment. You say, well, my God, there's a lot of people. I might have to wait a little while. I want to tell you something. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. If you want good food, go ahead and come around this way. Come around this way. If you want good food, you're not going to go to McDonald's. Come on, be honest. You're going to go somewhere where you got to sit and they don't cook what you want till you order it. And you already know, I'm going to have to wait about 45 minutes. But my God, I'm getting me a steak. I'm not eating a fake cheeseburger. Well, you're going to eat a steak tonight. But it may take a little while for you to get to it. But it's going to be all right. Somebody say amen. We're going to sing. We're going to sing. But let me do this. we got all these ladies. If you want prayer for anything, if you're not getting baptized, you're not in this line, and you want prayer for anything, I want you to come over here to this speaker. See the big big speaker? I want you to come over there and we've got pastors and prayer and altar workers that we want to pray for you. The Bible says where any two or three agree on earth is touching any one thing, it shall be done. We want to pray for you. So as we sing this song, I want you to come over to that speaker and we're going to pray for you. Pastors, prayer and altar workers, if you'll go ahead and make your way over there, we want to pray for you. Amen. Welcome, Pastor Todd. As he comes, amen. Sing something. Come on, sing it. Ladies, you up here at the altar, sing this song as you're waiting on Pastor to come. Come on, sing it. I am a child. 